The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This episode of Your Safe Space is brought to you by Jazz Handmade and their new Dream Collection. You can shop the Dream Collection now with the code LOVEADELLE at jazzhandmade.com. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are doing an AMA on air and happy Friday, happy launch day. You will have heard the ad read at the start of this podcast. Yes, myself and Jazz are sponsoring this episode of the podcast because today we are launching my collection. I will tell you a little bit more about this in between question number two and three. Keep listening because we've got a jam-packed episode coming up. If you are back for another one. It is Ask Me Anything. We do this every Friday. If you are new, these episodes are my hot take on certain things. You guys submit the questions every Monday through my personal Instagram at Adele Marie. Give me a follow if you're not already and wait for Monday to submit your question. But I love these episodes. They are my favorite to record and make. And yeah, as always, I've got to say they are not a replacement for professional mental health help or support. And if you do need that, please check the show notes. Now we are going to get straight into it because it is a juicy one. Question number one, how to not compare your current relationship to a past one. I'm doing this with my current partner and I feel terrible. And firstly, please don't feel terrible. I know that you might and that's okay, but forgive yourself and give yourself grace. You are just a human having a human experience and what you are doing, I think personally is quite normal. Now, I don't know if this makes you feel better as well, but other people do it. I think we all have done it at some point or another. I know I can put my hand up and say that I've done it. But I think whether we are comparing our relationship to somebody else's or whether we are comparing a current partner to a previous one, the comparison game is all the same, okay? And obviously for this listener, they're comparing their current relationship to the past one. And I don't have any further context to it. And so I'm going to focus on that for this question. But in the past, I've compared relationships before. I've compared current boyfriends to old boyfriends in a good way where I've been like, oh my God, this boyfriend does this, this and this for me. And the old one didn't. Or I've compared it in a bad way where I'm like, they do this and that's what my ex did. And now maybe the same thing's going to happen. And I've compared other similarities when things were good or when things were bad. And I think there's also another layer here when someone maybe has been in a like really difficult relationship or a toxic relationship or a very unhealthy relationship that when you get into a healthier relationship, you compare again, but not for a bad reason. Sometimes it just might take you time to adjust to actually being treated right or being treated well. And so I think it's normal. It doesn't make you a bad person. You are not a bad person for comparing. And as long as it's not impacting the way you treat your current partner, I think that it's not the worst thing in the world. But for this, I'm going to give you some tips anyway, and maybe just leave some like thoughts here for you to unpack in your own time. But what I would love for you to do is to try to differentiate or separate in your mind the difference between learning what you can learn from your past relationship or from the past dynamic 
and then learning the difference between just comparing. And I think it's so fine to take a lesson, to take wisdom from what we have gone through, all that baggage, all our past relationships have made us who we are right now. And so without that, we probably wouldn't be the person we are right now. And everything has kind of led us to this moment. And so it's so fine to take those lessons, but trade carefully with the comparison because it can take a toll very subconsciously on the relationship. And I did a little bit of research, obviously, for the episode, but if you are somebody who is playing that comparison game with your current partner to your ex-partner, it can cause very subtly dissatisfaction in the relationship between you both. It can even help build resentment towards your partner. And it can also foster this ongoing feeling of hopelessness, which is not a good thing or fun thing to experience. Now, I also have this quote, which I want to read out. And I just think it summed it up beautifully. Comparing your partner erodes the sense of commitment and stability in the relationship. And it also communicates an ungratefulness for your partner. And so to me, the solution is, what do we do to kind of change this pathway or change this thought? And that is to change energetically what you are focusing on, where your energy is going and how you were looking at things. And it's really focusing on what you do have right now. And if you don't have what you want right now, for whatever reason, if your partner is not stepping up or not meeting your needs, then maybe it's about communicating that. Now, I obviously understand if you have been hurt in the past, because I've been hurt as well. It can be very scary to trust a new partner. And what I want to say to that is they are a new person. Okay. They are not your ex. They are not going to do the same thing. Yes. They may potentially hurt you. That's a risk. We all run that risk when we get into a relationship, but give your new partner or your current partner a chance to prove that they won't. And if they do hurt you, or if you do end up going down the same path as your previous relationship, at least now you know how to handle it again. You've been through it before and you can get through it again. And I think even I have been, and I'm not struggling with it now, but when I first became single again, I was really scared to like let someone in. And I was dating and comparing people to my ex. And I don't do that anymore. But at that point I was like, well, the ex did this to me. So how do I know this guy isn't going to do the same thing? And that behavior and thought can be really unhelpful. Secondly, I really want you to take what you have learned from your last relationship and apply it now. And as I said, without that, you wouldn't be you. You wouldn't be where you are right now. And I think there is so many beautiful things. Even when a relationship doesn't work out, there is so much that you can take from it, whether it's learning to ask for what you want. Now you know what you do and don't like or what you do and don't want. And maybe it is just about communicating those needs to your partner. Maybe you're going on different dates. Maybe you are just reminding yourself gently that people are different. Each person and each relationship that you enter into is going to be so different in so many beautiful ways. And each love you experience is going to be different. And if you're feeling this, I don't think it's like cause for panic, but I would love for you to practice maybe rewiring some of those thoughts and picking some of the other thoughts instead and seeing how you go with that. Good luck. Please come into the Facebook group as well. I'm sure you're not the only person struggling with this. As I said, I've done it, putting my hand up and owning it. And I can assure you that other people in the community will have as well. So come into the Facebook group. Let us know if you're comfortable, if you've navigated this and what you've done, because it may be able to help this listener. Question number two. How do I stop getting icks with every single guy I date so quickly? <laughs> do you have any tips? And I feel like I could have written this question 
when I was first single, guys, maybe if we roll it back to nearly two years ago, anything and everything gave me the ick. And for those listening, if you don't know what the ick is, the ick is when your attraction to someone you're dating is just gone, disappeared, immediately turned off, immediate no. And sometimes the icks can be really small and not super serious. They can be a bit shallow, like people wearing jean shorts below the knee or running for a train or like little things like that. I did do an episode on like red flags and icks. Go back and listen to that if you want, because I think it's like twofold here. I don't think all icks are bad. And I think sometimes icks can also really be a genuine red flag. And sometimes icks can be a warning sign that this person is not the right person for us and to trust if that ick is legit, but I want these listeners to ask themselves some questions first. And I think this will help them get some clarity on where they are at. Because for me, with my self-awareness, I can look back and very clearly see that my icks were very heavy and were very present when I wasn't ready to date. I was out there dating, but my subconscious, it's like it knew that I wasn't ready and it made me get the ick from every everyone and everything. And it was essentially like this like self-sabotage, self-defensive mechanism or strategy to protect me against being hurt, against having a breakup again, against commitment, you know, that fear of like intimacy or rejection. And so sometimes your icks can be doing that and that could be happening to you. I obviously don't know if it is, but I want you to ask yourself these two questions. It's actually a bit of a journal activity, so get a piece of paper. The first one, do you feel ready to truly date? Write it all out. Think about it and ask yourself that over and over. Do you really feel ready? If a perfect person came across or you cross paths with them tomorrow, would you be ready to welcome them into your life, to enter into that level of commitment, to make space for them, make time for them, to really go down that path? see what comes up. Secondly, write down what you want to get from dating. So maybe maybe you're dating for fun or maybe you're dating for a relationship. There's no right or wrong to these questions, but I think just having that clarity within yourself helps you then have clarity while you're navigating the dating pool. Do those two questions and then I want you to make two lists. We're going to title one list everything you want from a person you're dating and everything you don't want from a person you're dating. Now, I want you just to do this once. It's not something that you have to constantly check unless you want to add more things to it, okay? But do it and leave it for about six months. Come back to it. See if you need to refresh it. And I want you to write a very detailed, very extensive list of all the things you do and don't want in a relationship or person that you are dating. Again, this is to help you get clarity and help you see both the good things that you want and the not so good things, okay? Because when you're dating, I feel like it can be a little bit relentless. And I would advise anyone who's dating at the moment who is single, do this activity anyway, because it will bring you some clarity and you feel better for it. Not just if you're struggling with the icks, but I'm going to read you out some of mine, okay? Because I actually did this with my friend, Steph. We went out for breakfast or brunch. I think it was maybe around Christmas maybe around like December, January. And she said, you have to do this. You have to get really clear on what it is that you do and don't want. So shout out to her because she's the one who's giving me this idea. And I wrote down, I'm not even joking, about 40 things for all the things I do want and about 30 things for all the things I don't want. Some of the things on my list, what I want, someone who is self-aware, someone who is kind, someone who is compassionate, someone who makes effort with me, someone who has no doubt over what they want, Someone who wants a relationship, someone who is patient, who has calm energy, 
someone who is supportive of my social media and someone who is secure within themselves and responsive to my needs. Now, it's actually funny because when I went back to read my list out for this episode, I was like, holy shit, this is the man that I'm dating right now. He actually ticks all of these things off. And I'm going to share some of the things on what I don't want. Obviously, the list is more extensive. I'm just going to read you out about five of them. Top of the list was drugs and alcohol. I then had controlling behavior. I then had poor communication, someone who leaves me feeling confused, someone who is unsure of what they want. There were so many other things on there. And I might even start a thread in the Facebook group for this so that we can share what we're looking for, or you guys can share what you're looking for or what you're not looking for if you feel comfortable. You obviously get the gist with the list because, as I said, when I made that commitment to myself in January this year and I got really clear on the list, I felt like it then changed the dating interactions I was having and it helped me lessen having the ick and I didn't really get the ick too much from the people that I had been dating up until this point and I think I had great dating experiences. I even went back on dating apps. I was on Hinge for a little bit and I just really felt like I was very like clear and I had direction and I knew what I was looking for and I knew what I wanted. And by knowing what you want, you can then see it. Even by knowing what you don't want, you can then clearly see it in the other person. And then I think when you have the ick, if it comes up, really like assess it and look at it and think, is this a genuine ick or is this maybe my subconscious trying to protect me from something else that I'm scared of? Is this just a really great person for me and I'm self-sabotaging or it's not a genuine ick? Or maybe it is a real genuine ick. So there isn't a right or wrong answer here. I would love to know how you guys have navigated your icks in the past and what stops you from getting it or how you manage it while you're dating. Come into the group and let us know. Now, I am going to read out a sponsor ad read, so please join me in listening to this because it's probably the best ad read I'm ever going to read out, okay? Now, you guys know I have been working on my very own jewelry collaboration with Jazz Handmade, and Jazz Handmade are sponsoring this episode of Your Safe Space. It is a very special episode to sponsor today as it is the launch day for my collection. The collection is called Dream and features three necklaces, one bracelet, two sets of earrings, and one set of ear cuffs. Now, if you're watching, I do actually have the jewelry on. I have three of the necklaces on. They both come in gold and silver. I've got one set of earrings on and every single piece in this collection was designed by yours truly. And there was so much love and intention that I have poured into it. Jazz Handmade is a brand that I've personally worn and worked with for many years now. And I'm so grateful that Jazz has trusted me to bring the dream collection to life. And you guys can shop my very own dream collection today at jazzhandmade.com. Please use my code LOVEADELE. It would mean the world to me if you do use that. That will save you some money. And yeah, I just want to say thank you for your support. Thank you, Jazz. And thank you, Jazz Handmade, for making this episode of Your Safe Space possible. All right, we are back with question number three. Guys, I'm smiling so much after reading that. I'm so happy today. Obviously, jumping right into it again. This is a wedding question and I love getting wedding questions. Tips for wedding planning when you, your fiance and your families all have conflicting ideas and opinions. Now, I'm obviously nowhere near getting married, guys. I'm not. And I think if I ever do get married one day, maybe we can do like a wedding series, but I don't have lived experience for this question. I still want to unpack it though, because I feel like it's a little bit about communication and it's a little bit about boundaries. And I don't think it's too late for you. I'm not sure what stage you are in the wedding planning, but what I recommend 
And the first thing I thought when I read this question is you need to get on the same page as your fiance sooner rather than later as well, because I feel like it is much easier to set boundaries with families, especially in like the wedding dynamic or the planning of a wedding when you and your partner are both on the same page and have discussed things like expectations or your wants or your needs when it comes to this wedding. Obviously, I don't know the nitty gritty details of your wedding. I don't have any further context from this listener, but doing this will help you in a few ways because one, you're going to be able to lean on each other for support. And at the end of the day, it is your wedding, like you two, okay? It's important for you both to work together to create the wedding that you both want. And there's an element there in that communication which is about compromise. And I think that's what relationships are about. Planning a wedding is definitely a time for compromise as well. But we are all going to have our own like wants and needs and desires and preferences, especially when it comes to wedding planning. And I think it's a great opportunity to really nail down the things that are either really important to you or not so important to you or the things that are really important to your partner or not so important to your partner. And I think it's almost like that pick your battles kind of vibe okay if something means a lot to your partner and doesn't mean that much to you compromise on that let your partner have that likewise if there's something that's so important to you and it really means a lot communicate that kindly to your partner I also think if you're not already having like a frequent check-in with you both to make sure and maybe it's just setting aside I don't know I don't know how long it takes to plan a wedding and maybe you're gonna tell that I've never planned a wedding by my answer but maybe it's like a weekly check-in maybe you have like a weekly like wedding coffee date or something where you can talk about how the planning's going or you can talk about things that are coming up just having that planning as you go or having the space for having that discussion about the planning I think would help you both feel seen and feel heard and I think by giving it time You can also prepare and be in the right headspace for it versus like getting home from work and then, you know, you guys going off at each other over something about the wedding or waking up in a bad mood and then having an argument first thing about the wedding. So giving it that time and space could possibly help you. And then we have the other element of this question, which is the family situation. And I don't know what involvement your family is having. I'm not sure if they are gifting you money or paying for part of the wedding. I say this because it's very common in some ethnicities for parents to contribute money to the wedding. I know, I don't know what ethnicity this listener is. I'm not sure about those details. Maybe your family has no financial involvement in the wedding either. And I, and I think even if they do have financial involvement, you would hope that it could just be like, here, they're gifting you this money. You still go and create the money, the wedding that you want. Obviously, In a wedding, you're going to get that unsolicited advice from anyone and everyone. And I think it doesn't matter who it is, even if it's not the parents or the family, it could be like friends, people you work with. People are always going to have an opinion on what you're doing for your wedding. And I know that that could be very frustrating. I can only imagine how annoying that would be. People telling you how to have your wedding. And I think what this really is, is a really good way just to practice putting your relationship and putting each other first. And I mean, you and your partner both equally doing that. And that's why I think it's so important that you're on the same page so that when it comes to stuff like this, you can present like a united front and not give in to that pressure from the family because I think it can be really hard if you've got multiple external family members, not in your immediate couple, telling you that you need to do this or you need to do that. It is okay to say no to certain things. It's okay to not do what they want to do. It's your wedding at the end of the day. And you can very gently remind them of that. And I think it's all about setting some very healthy, but 
you know, loving boundaries in a soft way to manage their expectations. And really, it's just a bit of a balance. And I don't know what's happening in your wedding, but is there a way for you to have some elements there where they can still feel a part of the day, but where they aren't in control of the day? I don't know if you have worked something like that into your wedding, but that could be a possibility too. Obviously, without any further context, I don't have any more to add to this question. I would love a bride to start a thread in the Facebook group because I am so confident that there are going to be other brides in this exact situation. And hopefully you guys can lean on each other, share that evidence, share that support and share that those facts about how you actually navigated it in real time. Obviously, I don't have lived experience, like I said, but... For me, when I look at this, it is communication, compromise, boundaries, but good luck. I don't know when your wedding is. I hope you have a beautiful wedding. Feel free to also post some pictures of the wedding in the group as well. I love seeing your wedding photos and yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing a thread. On to our last question, which is question number four. How do you manage with your boyfriend being a homebody and you being the opposite? And thank you to this listener because this listener has asked this question for a few weeks in a row. And I have been meaning to put it in. So thank you so much for being patient. And that kind of goes to anybody else. If you ever have a question, just keep asking it. I do get hundreds each week and I do take note of them. And I promise I will eventually get to them all. Don't worry. But I put this in because I feel like I can relate to your boyfriend in the sense that I feel like I'm a homebody versus a going out person or the opposite. And I truly think that COVID and lockdown actually did this to me because pre-COVID, I was party girl. I was out every night on the weekend. I was never let me stay home. I just want to be out living, having a good time, not really thinking about everything else. And so for me now, post that, I love staying home, especially in like Melbourne winter as well. My desire to get up and go out does not even exist when it comes to those colder months. I do think though, it can be really hard when you do have a dynamic like this in the relationship. Now, I don't think your relationship is doomed. No, not by any stretch of the means. I think it's normal not to have everything in common with your partner. I also don't think it's a deal breaker unless of course, and I'll get to that at the end, unless of course your partner is not willing to compromise, but I think what this is, is a really good opportunity, again, to communicate and compromise. And I just realized as I've read that out, I should have changed the questions around because the last one and this one could be a little bit similar, but relationships are all about having needs, having a partner. Hopefully you guys can meet some of those needs together. Hopefully you can meet your own needs together. And so is there a way in that dynamic between you two that you both can have your needs met and Is there a way that you can make both situations work where there is some parts staying home, some parts going out? And when I look at this question, my thought process is, can you meet in the middle and sit down, have a conversation with your partner, even go back and listen to the episode that I made. It was called Asking for What You Want in Life. It's a great episode about communication and how to assertively ask for what you want and how to frame up the conversation. But sitting down with your partner, when you're both in a good mood, when you're both uh, able to have the chat, like there's time for it and you're both willing and able and emotionally in the right headspace and seeing what activities you like to do together. As someone who likes to stay home, there are still things I like doing out and that I would love to do with my partner or with whoever I'm dating. I'm sure there are some activities that your partner could enjoy. And likewise, are there any things that you could do at home to make dates at home 
a little bit more enjoyable for yourself. And I kind of came up with this idea and maybe you already do this, but is it having like a date night once a week where one week you're doing the date night at home and then the next week you're doing the date night out and maybe on the date night at home, you guys are doing something like picking out your favorite movie or making a meal together or maybe you're even doing like a self-care night at home, doing like face masks, treatments, whatever else it is, but trying to like cozy it up so it's not just like a movie and falling asleep or trying to make it more datey. And likewise, when it comes to going out, ask your partner, what he would enjoy when you guys are out. Are there activities that he would like? And again, there are so many different things that you could do for dates. And I might do another episode down the track on like dating because I feel like my current dating experience has been really positive in the sense that like every single date we've had has been quite fun and really just like engaging and enjoyable. But I would hope that by doing that, you can both have your needs met in a way that feels good for you both. And obviously there's no right or wrong here either. I think it does come down to that communication and compromise. The only time I would have like a little bit of concern is if your partner is not willing to compromise at all. If your partner is sitting there telling you, well, no, I'm not doing anything because I don't want to go out or I'm not coming with you or I don't even want to talk to you about it. I think if they are doing that and not willing to compromise, then that's another issue altogether. But I hope that your partner is willing and able to. And I would also love to know if anyone in the group has navigated this. If you are the homebody and your partner loves going out, what did you guys do to fix it? And not even fix it. What did you guys do to work through it? And likewise, if you were the one who loves going out and your partner loves staying home, how did you work through that together? I think you definitely can. I don't think it's like doom and gloom at all. And fingers crossed that you guys can have some fun date nights, both at home and out soon. All right, guys, we are going to wrap the show there. I hope you have a great week ahead. Have the best weekend. I will see you on Sunday for another episode. If you are not already, please follow us on Instagram, your safe space pod. Follow me at Adele Marie and join our beautiful Facebook community. We have nearly 5,000 people in there. Can you believe that? I can't believe it. And you guys shout out to anyone in there because you have kept it so beautiful, so sweet. I love the posts. I love every single person in there. You're amazing. And if you haven't also leave us a review on Apple or a rating on Spotify. And please, 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 when you are listening to the podcast, share it on your story, tag us, tag me, tag the potty, because that word of mouth helps me so incredibly much. And my last little ad read for the show is for Jazz Handmade again. Thank you to Jazz Handmade and their new dream collection for making this episode of your safe space possible. You can shop the collection now with the code loveadele at jazzhandmade.com. Thank you guys. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.